grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation this evening as we consider, once again, God's gift of repentance, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26, verses just preceding what we read this evening. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came up to him and said, You also were with Jesus, the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you mean. And when he went out to the entrance, another servant girl saw him. And she said to the bystanders, This man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. After a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Certainly you too are one of them, for your accent betrays you. Then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. So far our text. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, repentance has gone out of style. I remember hearing that when I was little, more than 50 years ago. Repentance has gone out of style. People don't know how to repent. People don't know how to say they're sorry. The more things change, the more things stay the same. Here we are today. Would you say that repentance is in style? Well, of course not. Repentance has gone out of style in our world, in our society. We have social justice warriors and Karens, sorry to anybody named Karen, who are quick to point out everybody's problems but their own. They're quick to call people to stop doing what they're doing, whether it's actually sinful or not. They want people to confess their so-called sin, but there is never, ever, ever any forgiveness. It's a perpetual purgatory of confession. Confession has really gone out of style. But when somebody is confronted with an actual, real sin, what generally happens today? People are angry. They lash out. They blame anybody and everybody, especially God, and they double down on their words, thoughts, and behavior. In 1541, there was a Muslim invasion 
of Europe going on. Things were dire, much dire than anything else that's going on in our country. The Turks, as they were called at that time, had already conquered Hungary and it looked like Germany was next. The country was in absolute disarray. So Luther wrote a little tract, a pamphlet, an appeal for prayer against the Turks. What do you think was in that pamphlet or tract? Raise money to support the military? Military tactics of divide and conquer? The right politician to put in charge? No. The bulk of this pamphlet was all about one topic. Now remember, the Turks are getting ready to invade Germany. Luther's tract, his pamphlet, his word for the people of God, repent. Multiple times in this pamphlet, God, through Luther, called the people of that day to repent. To repent of their public sin. To repent of their private sin. To repent of their secret sin. To repent. To repent. To repent. Luther was very specific about the sins that the people were committing. And if this was the end, Luther wanted the people of God to be right with God, confessing their sin and believing that Christ was their only Savior from sin. My friends, let this teach us today. For Christians, repentance never goes out of style. For Christians, repentance always is in style. When is the time for Christians to repent? Now. Now. The time for Christians to repent always is now. Our text for tonight is the account of Peter and his denial. Oh, Peter. It was just hours earlier when Peter said, Oh, if all the other disciples forsake you and leave you, I will never forsake you. I will die with you. <laughs> How arrogant we can sometimes be. But Peter's arrogance quickly turned to cowardice. What a coward! He did not deny Jesus at the point of a knife. It was a servant girl. Hey, aren't you one of them? Peter had seen what had happened to Jesus. He really did not want any part of that. Why should he risk his skin? And so he denied Jesus. And each time 
the denial got a little louder and a little longer and a little more blasphemous till at the very end he was cursing and swearing that he had never met him, didn't even know him. And then the rooster crowed. And Peter remembered. Peter remembered the words of Jesus before the rooster crows, Peter. You will deny me three times. Peter, bold, impetuous Peter. Peter had sinned grievously in denying Jesus. And he went out and he wept bitterly. My friends, last week we talked about Judas. Judas who had betrayed Jesus. Not because he was a coward, but because he was greedy. He liked money. He betrayed Jesus. And after he betrayed Jesus, he felt bad. He had betrayed innocent blood. He gave the money back. He was sorry. He was contrite. But Peter, Peter's situation looks different, huh? No, doesn't look any more different. He sinned grievously as well, and he was sorry. Judas didn't know how to repent. In despair, he went out and hanged himself. Peter wept bitterly and he clung in hope. He clung in faith to Jesus as Savior from sin. To Jesus as the one and only forgiver of sin. He didn't know how. He didn't know a timetable. But he clung to the word of God. He clung to the grace and mercy of God. Even in the midst of his great sorrow over sin. My friends, when do we repent? We repent immediately. When we are caught in a sin, we repent. We don't drag it out. We don't look for an opportune time. We don't try to get the best leverage because those kind of games are soul-destroying games. As we cling to unrepentant sin, Satan drools, drools over our soul. As we cling to unrepentant sin, we head down a slippery slope that eventually leads to hell. Remember King David? King David had it all. He was king. It's good to be king. But he wasn't satisfied with what he had. He wanted more. There's Bathsheba. Looks pretty good to me. I want her. And then 
when their liaison produced a child. David did everything humanly possible to cover up the sin. He lied, he cheated, he schemed. He murdered. He took Bathsheba as his wife. He thought he had gotten away with it. But that unrepentant sin ate him alive on the inside. God loved him enough to send Nathan the prophet. Behold, you are the man. And called David to repentance. But in Psalm 32, listen to what David went through as he tried to carry his own sin in an unrepentant heart. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of the summer. My friends, there is something worse than a cancer that eats up your body. It is the cancer of an unrepentant heart which will eat up your soul. When do we repent? We repent now. We repent immediately. When Nathan called David to repentance, David could have struck him dead. He was the king. It's good to be the king. But he heard the word of God. He believed the word of God. And he confessed his sin. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. My friends, we see from David that living in unrepentance is spiritual suicide. That's why God teaches us that we should repent now, every day. You memorized it when you memorized Luther's small catechism. I would contend one of, if not the most important parts in the entire catechism because it applies to us each and every day. Baptism, part four. What does such baptizing with water signify? It signifies that the old Adam in us should, by daily contrition and repentance, be drowned and die with all sins and evil desires, and that a new man, a new creation, should daily emerge and arise before the Lord in righteousness and purity forever. My friends, God does not forgive us because we repent. God forgives us because of the perfect life, bloody death, and glorious resurrection of Jesus. Repentance doesn't earn our forgiveness. Forgiveness was earned by Jesus. And it is freely given out. 
as we hear his word, as we receive his gifts, as we cling in faith to the promise that our sins are forgiven and that nothing or no one can snatch us out of God's hands. Isn't it amazing that while Peter was denying Jesus, Jesus was being beaten and flogged because of not only Peter's, but our sins. Isn't it amazing that as Peter was denying Jesus, Jesus kept his mouth shut like a lamb before its shearers is silent, not making any excuses for our sin, but doing what was necessary to pay in full the penalty for our sin. And when Peter wept bitter tears, Jesus, Jesus was oozing his lifeblood from his face, his hands, his side, to earn our salvation. My friends, tonight, as we hear God's word, we know that God, the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, never fails to forgive. That's why he sent Jesus. His grace and mercy mean the forgiveness of sins for you, for me, for the life of the world. God's forgiveness will never go out of style. And because God's forgiveness will never go out of style. A Christian who truly repents will never, ever, ever go out of style. My friends, when should we repent? Now. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our lives, even our excuses, in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.